Welcome back to the We Are Here podcast, only on SouthCoast.fm. We're telling the stories of business builders and entrepreneurs on the South Coast, letting the world know we are here. We're the number one podcast on the South Coast for entrepreneurs, and we'd love your review on iTunes. If you have a moment, please scroll to the bottom of Apple Podcast app on this episode and share the love. Spread the word too. Share us on your Facebook page, Twitter stream, LinkedIn profile, and Instagram app. The more listeners we have, the more we can amplify your mission to build businesses on the South Coast. Putting the global pandemic aside, which I know isn't easy, I feel the South Coast has felt a certain resurgence, allure even, to the entrepreneur. As you'll learn today, it's not like the South Coast is new to budding businesses and market makers. You're looking at a region that was once home to the world's textile manufacturing industry, alongside being one of the most important whaling ports of the 19th century. New Bedford SourceLink, led by New Bedford EDC Executive Director Derek Santos and Director of Business Development Jessica Silva, guests of today's episode, are here to fortify the resources available to New Bedford entrepreneurs. Like any other startup in the area, we'll address some of the challenges they face growing the program and how they plan to achieve their goals through 2021. Again, if you enjoyed today's episode, please follow our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to Sunday Notes, our unique email newsletter published on Sundays at southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Okay, here's Derek telling us how the New Bedford SourceLink came about. SourceLink is a is a national national center run out of the University of Missouri. I'm out of Kansas, right? Kansas City. And we went to a, conf- a U.S. mayor's conference there a couple of years ago, way before COVID, right? And we're introduced to this platform because we had a, a burgeoning entrepreneurship community here in New Bedford. Mayor Mitchell desperately wanted to push that along and give it all the support that it could so it could grow. And in Kansas City, we met up with the folks from SourceLink and said, boy, this is a great platform uh, for us to use in New Bedford. The way that they have a, for, for more than a decade, have tested a way to do this, to build entrepreneurship networks, leverage those networks in small communities just like ours, very rural communities, all different types of cities and towns and, and, and regions across the country. So that work had been going on for almost a full year before uh, COVID hit. And we had a group of core partners. And so we, we did launch in the throes of uh, not even really recovery, still in the midst of it, but we, we were not willing to sort of stop our momentum. And so much of what could be done in the beginning could be done remotely. So we sort of leaned into that. I'm going to hand it over to Jessica, who can sort of, you know, give you the, 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 the 90 second on what New Bedford SourceLink is. Jess? We developed in this process, obviously, a quick pitch because I'm sure a lot of people are uh, not familiar with this new concept that, that came to New Bedford. But essentially, New Bedford SourceLink is a support platform specifically for entrepreneurs in any stage of that life cycle, whether that's someone who's got an idea on a napkin, someone who's been up and running for a little while, or someone who's very uh, well seasoned and wants to maybe execute something new. So this platform we feel is is supportive for three types of entrepreneurs that we find most commonly in New Bedford, which are maritime, arts and culture, and Main Street entrepreneurs. And this platform allows them to access a network of local, regional, and national resources to foster innovation, new growth, and prosperity for that community. So it's a really one-stop shop, for lack of a better term, 
for entrepreneurs to go and get what they need and get the resources that they need at the time they need them. One of the most impactful things that I heard during this this process of, of implementing New Bedford SourceLink was Sarah from Groundwork mentioned to me that in the process of getting Groundwork off the ground, the number of hours that were necessary to do research and finding the right resources and talking to different people and going down some some dead ends, if there was a resource like New Bedford SourceLink, that process would have been a lot more seamless. So that really stuck with me. And having a, a resource like this, we're really excited about to be able to offer to entrepreneurs here locally. How does the SourceLink go beyond a self-service uh, portal? I'm throwing 50,000 foot view here, but register on the website, go in, find, I don't know, retail space, accountants, lawyers, right? People that will help me fortify uh, the startup of my business. Is there an extra step that goes beyond this? And I guess the deeper question is, is how does SourceLink fit in with existing resources on the South Coast, say, the chamber, E for all, stuff like that. Where does SourceLink fit in? How does it have its own identity when, you know, it doesn't matter what you're launching, a technology company or a cupcake store? So the whole notion is about building a supportive platform, right? And it starts with, as Jessica just pointed out, providing services to entrepreneurs that sort of fit into those three general buckets, right? And, and you mentioned the chamber and it was one of the uh, founding partners, one of the main partners in New Bedford SourceLink, which is in addition to the EDC, there's e for all Groundwork, Co-Creative Center downtown, New Bedford Creative, the New Bedford Port Authority, and UMass Dartmouth. So those are sort of the core resource providing partners. The Chamber is what we call a resource partner. And I think we have somewhere close to 40 resource partners right now. That number is expected to grow to probably north of 75 by the time we get through uh, 2021, and then we'll see where it goes from there. So the way the way that it works is, of course, it's a website where an entrepreneur who by nature is a, a self-starter, right? I don't know any entrepreneur that's not. And they're just usually, you know, sort of want to be as efficient as possible with their time, right, Matt? So the resource navigator that's part of that website is a really powerful tool where you don't need to know exactly which partner can provide the service you need. You just need to know what you need, right? And you can sort of plug it in and it will come up with, come up with those options, right? Behind the scenes, there's a mechanism that allows Jessica, who, who, who champions this effort out of our office, to basically see who is, who is logging on. Who's connecting with resource partners? How that's working to check in and, and, and to check on progress. So for that sort of very operational aspect of the website, that's a that's a really powerful tool for folks who are just looking for, you know, where where, where do I get this information? And Jessica serves as that backstop. The other thing that I think is great about the site is SourceLink. Over the past decade, there's just a ton of information on there about sort of how to and links that go beyond New Bedford, right? How to, you know, how to set up your corporation, you know, good information on sinking funding, whether it be lending or other investors. And that information is constantly updated by our partners at SourceLink. As new stuff comes in, we are updating that website, what would be on a regular basis. As Jessa said, it's only, it's only about 60 days, uh, 60 days live at this point. The other part is there's a, a universal calendar of all core and resource partners. If they've got something going on, they're putting it on that calendar. And uh, we have quarterly meetings of our main partners. We communicate with our resource partners electronically all the time to make sure that that calendar is well populated. The reason for that 
is there may be individual events or, or a class or a session or whatever it might be that is important for a specific you know, training piece, a webinar on coding that might be really helpful to somebody or for or filing taxes as a creative, that, that type of thing, right? It's a way to get good information there. The other thing is though, we want to use that to start to build. And I'm going to let Jessica get into this with, with what we have coming up in the fall. The idea is to build a network where the entrepreneurs can talk to each other and strengthen community. So it's going to take a little bit of time to build that out. But what, what happens on the website, particularly with the calendar of events where people can start to maybe see each other right now, it's all virtually, which of course, for me is a, a big, uh, big disappointment. But as the months go on, there'll be more in-person events where we can start to build networks, right? And meet with other entrepreneurs that you didn't probably didn't even know were you know, the proverbial down the block from where you are. But that community piece is important. Jess, I don't know if you want to talk about the event that's going to be coming up in the fall. I'll do some broad strokes and you can fill in if I miss anything. But funding has become available through mass development. And our good friend Dina from Co-Creative Center is going to be leading the charge on putting together a convening event. They offered up um, these funds to, to put something together. And we said, well, hey, we're, we're planning on doing a convening event or something similar. So we've actually combined forces. And as I mentioned, Dina will be leading the charge to organize a convening event that has a theme around arts and culture related entrepreneurs. And our, our big vision really is to have a convening event with a central theme and change that year over year. So this year we'll focus on creatives the next year with obviously a lot of activity coming up around offshore wind and the blue economy. We see that the maritime focus could be for next year. And then thereafter, that would be Main Street uh, entrepreneurs. So we're really excited about this concept. And fingers crossed, this can be an in-person event where creatives and other entrepreneurs, even if they're not directly related to the arts and culture community, can come to this event, network. I know that sounds like a strange term, you know, in times like these, but in the fall, that that may uh, actually be possible to come together and network as we we have in the past and be able to exchange ideas like we're doing right now virtually in, in those networking sessions. So this is kind of that last piece of source link that we're really excited about and we see is further building that community and those relationships. I don't even know how we're going to network. Yeah, <laughs> just like thinking about like what do I do? I don't even know what's going to happen. And I'm thinking about the allergy season coming and people sneezing and everyone like the whole room stopping and just looking at you. Like, allergies, I swear. To God. I'm looking at the site. There's a ton of resources uh, here, and and again, looking at that calendar when you were referencing it. Best practices for taxes for creatives. Well, we'll have these different categories of resources, and and that's amazing. A few questions. How does so SourceLink is a Correct me where I'm wrong. SourceLink is a, a national organization representing towns and cities across, obviously across the country. Is that true? And how do they shape how, if at all, how do they shape the use of this site? In other words, maybe not every city, I don't know, let's say needs the calendar. I mean, they will, but let's say they don't. Maybe not everyone has a need for like a funding and a growth category. Do they help shape the curriculum or the structure around all source links from across the country? Or does New Bedford have freedom to build out the resources that they see fit for, for New Bedford? Yeah, that's a great question. So a source link essentially is a center at the university, much in the same way that, let's see, SMAST is sort of a center out of UMass Dartmouth, right? You know, for marine technology 
or the CVPA, right? Same, same type of thing. And they work in close partnership with the Kauffman Foundation. And this is one of those things where there are things that are the same for all source link communities, right? So essentially a community or, or a group of communities often in the Midwest, right, where they take a more regional approach because it's you know, not, not as dense, right? And we, we, by the way, we're the first source link, fully operating source link community in Massachusetts, right? So New Bedford is a pioneer and 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 testing this out there are things where everyone is the same and things where you completely adapt it to your circumstance and for jessica what was that about six or seven months straight Mm -hmm. we went through a list of tasks with the source link team in kansas city (laughs) and our team here which i think there were well north of a i mean a very detailed approach matt right just like a brutal list of things to do that was somewhere around 120 130 items that every friday at 10 a.m we would go and check on progress and check things off and you know continue to move ahead there there are four main themes right map that every source link community you sort of agree to you know work in this way right so you want to one identify the entrepreneurial resources in your community right so that that's the you know resource partner piece connection right the ability to connect that community and your network through a central hub the website serves as that hub, but it's not just the website, right? It's the website and Jessica is behind the website and the EDC is sort of the the host entity uh, for that work. Most importantly, we want to empower that ecosystem, you know, through engaging, listening, responding, you know, always looking to collaborate, solve problems, fill gaps. That's different for every entrepreneur, right? But it's, it's, it's really empowering that ecosystem. The last thing which we haven't gotten to yet because we've just started, which will be an early 2022 exercise, is measuring impacts, right? So the the back of the house reporting is very important to understand where we are at our ecosystem stage of development, right? And it's going to be a lot different at the end of 2021 than it isn't going to be, than it's going to be in 2025, right? By the way, this didn't even exist in any form before Groundworks and came into the picture in any re- in any formal way whatsoever. So uh, those four buckets are sort of the same for everybody. How you apply those buckets, the partnerships you have, how you shape the website as, as sort of you know, a, a, a convening hub does change from community to community and partnership to partnership. How it's staffed changes from partnership to partnership. We had a big advantage here in New Bedford where the EDC was already doing small business development, you know, entrepreneurship cultivation with, with several key partners like E4All, like Groundwork, that was already happening. Other communities that SourceLink has, has worked with, they, don't have, they started from a complete blank piece of paper, right? So we had the advantage of already having somewhat of an infrastructure in place that was important. The other thing is SourceLink is continuously updating and modifying tools for everyone in the national community right? So there are regular, regular calls. There are, there's regular information that's going out. Like I said, there's, you know, regular updates, use them if you want type of a thing. Even though we just started, there's a completely new, uh, a completely new uh, skin and interface for the, for the web, web piece. And that's going to be, I think much more, it's, it's quite attractive, much more mobile friendly than the current version. And I don't know how many versions they've gone through, right? But they're constantly learning that from the different communities around the country and saying, okay, here's what we can do. That's going to be, be the best for everyone, but still with adaptability for everyone as well. This might even be way too soon. And, and even for SourceLink, but how do they, as somebody who's spent a career in in web and building software and building websites for for people 
the whole like, hey, there's a new version coming can make people go crazy. I mean, it makes the common consumer go crazy when your iPhone updates. You're like, why did everything just change? How do they control that? How do they control the expectations? How do they communicate that to you that, oh, you know what? New bell and whistle on on the website coming soon. And now, you know, poor Jessica is going to be the one that's in front of everyone going, hey, I don't, wh- why is this button here? I never saw that before. What do I do with this? Do they control that? Do they communicate that well to you? Communication is quite good. Jessica was just on a, on, uh, on a, on a national zoom call on that not that long ago. And, but we have not been through an update yet because we're only sort of 90 days into being live. So maybe in our, in our next <laughs> podcast with you, what's the longest running source link city or town, or I'm assuming just that would be Kansas city. And I, that was, I think 11 years ago where they oh, wow. piloted that out. So, wow. yeah, cool. so we, we, so uh, when I was in Kansas city at that, at that, at that conference with the Kauffman foundation, which, which mayor Mitchell said, here's a plane ticket, clear your schedule. This is important. You need to go. The facilitator of my group was, was the, was the founder of, of SourceLink. So that just, you know, happened to work out in, and, and we, we, we hit it off in a lunch break and, you know, we're sort of uh, off to the races, but Noah and Darn, the, the whole, the whole team there in Kansas city has been, are, they're like the most. <laughs> they're the most supportive and nurturing group of folks that you could want to work with. So we're, we're lucky. We're lucky to have them as, as national partners. I want to zoom out on the larger picture of not just New Bedford, but the South Coast. It, from your opinion, and maybe you have data, or maybe there are people analyzing this, but I can recall starting a software company in Dartmouth 15 years ago. People didn't even know what social media was. And social media, at least in my world, was very, very... Like, you had to be there. These are the heydays of Facebook and, and, and Twitter and all this stuff. Eight years ago, if you said co... I don't even know if it's been eight years. tough with COVID. But eight years ago, if you said co-working, people would be like, I don't even know what that is. You don't go to an office? That doesn't make sense to me. But an hour south... Uh, an hour, excuse me, an hour north to Boston... There was co-working. It was very relevant for a lot of digital workers. Providence. How or why has this area gotten so caught up in entrepreneurship these days? E for all, source link, a lot of attention on quote unquote startups here. There's a fascination around it. Is that just the world catching up? Is that South Coast catching up? Is there data that supports why this area is finally, you know, really sparking that that entrepreneurship journey these days? I think it's, so one thing that I always find interesting is, so we've been doing this for a long time, right? So there was a, a blacksmith in New Bedford, once a Virginia slave, his name was Lewis Temple. He invented something called the toggle harpoon, right? Like in, in, the, in the middle 1800s, right? He invented literally the first killer app, right? And it allowed the success rate of harpooning whales to go up exponentially the way the, the head of the harpoon swiveled inside the whale so it would hold fast. And... He was a blacksmith, a small business owner in the near South End from downtown of New Bedford, and probably didn't call himself an entrepreneur, right? But that's exactly what he was. That invention revolutionized, you know, the the whaling uh, industry. And there are so many, even today, now that we're sort of into it, I'll fast forward to right now, there's an electrician friend I have who invented this quite simple because they all are at the end of the day, right? Bit that goes into the end of the dr- end of a drill that when an electrician is sort of wiring up a big panel, particularly on commercial projects, all those wires have to be unspooled to go into the panel. And he in- invented a thing that unspools them all in like three seconds. What normally would take, you know, half an hour now takes three seconds. 
multiply that times the number of panels, the number of a big building or house, and you're, you're off to the races, right? And he says, I'm not an entrepreneur, Derek. I just had an idea for this thing. And, but, but then I'm like, well, what did you do? Well, I sketched it out. I designed it. I had to do lots of research on patents, on having a mold made, having samples made, and then doing the packaging, and then figuring out how it could be distri- distributed and how it would be branded. I'm like, oh my God, you know what I mean? You're not just... <laughs> He's like, I'm just an electrician, you know, wiring, you know, schools and houses. I'm like, no, you invent, <laughs> you're doing it all. So yeah. he's on Shark Tank next week. You know, he's getting all this, all this. So, so, so I, I like to use those two examples because one from today, one from you know a century and a half ago, because they're not technology based, right? And entrepreneurship can be anything. It's most easy for us to understand like what you do, Matt, right? Which is pure, which, which is technology based. And there's a ton of that. There's a ton of people coding. I don't even know what, when I go down into groundworks to take a peek, I don't even want to know. I just know that they look really busy. They look like they're on very important phone calls and other meetings and there's Macs everywhere and it's, it's fantastic. So what, what we want to do is to do everything we can to get the word out so folks in not just New Bedford, but in greater New Bedford, for sure, understand that most certainly entrepreneurs use technology and many, many technology is their, is, is their thing. But there are so many other opportunities and ways to be entrepreneurial or be an entrepreneur that technology isn't the main thing. And all are okay. And the idea can be small. And the idea can be big, but this is a community where that sort of hard work and that sort of ingenuity, we want to make sure that we're supporting that and, and encouraging that in a big, big way. Part of this show is called We Are Here. It's uh, The essence is to highlight folks on the South Coast. Somebody who was born in New Bedford, but raised in Dartmouth. Uh, I am now, I've been living in Fall River for 15 years, and now I'm sort of back in New Bedford with this new office space. This is day zero of the recording. So I'm going through this whole like trifecta, lived in Fairhaven for a little while, <laughs> spent all this time everywhere. And what I'm really also trying to uncover on the show is, is how can we get working across the aisle, working across the borders of uh, New Bedford to Dartmouth, Westport to Fall River, so on and so forth, making the connection across South Coast. Do you have any, is there anything that, that you would do to encourage the, at least maybe Fall River, because maybe it's, this is a city-based thing, but how, how do you perceive that? I, I mean, I know it's New Bedford source link and, and that's your job, that's your goal, that's your task, but how can these other cities and towns really work together, uh, even through New Bedford source link, if, if that's a thing? Yeah. So I think, you know, Look, you, you, let, let, let's say you live, in, you live in your house and your job is to care for your house and make it safe and cut the grass and, you know, and you know, not cut your neighbor's grass, right? That's your, that's your neighbor's job. But everyone benefits when everyone takes care of their home well and everything's working well, right? The value of the, of the block and then the neighborhood increases, right? So you're right. Certainly, Jessica and myself, our job is, is, is New Bedford SourceLink and the EDC it's not the South Coast EDC, it's the New Bedford EDC, right? However, Jessica will tell you, I think Jessica, at least what, two thirds of the partners are regional? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the New Bedford Chamber of Commerce is not the New Bedford Chamber of Commerce anymore, right, Matt? It's uh, one South Coast. So that's a prime example of that. e is another uh, example where e is Fall River and, and New Bedford, not to mention the other communities they're in in Massachusetts nationally as well. So... It's, it's that partnership network. It, it's those resource partners, I think, Matt, that will help strengthen that 
as this ball gets rolling over the next you know, six to nine months. Because the reality is we will all be stronger as a region if, if, if the, the entrepreneurs in our broader you know, New Bedford community and, and, and sister cities and, and neighboring towns all, all find, a, find, find a place to sort of you know, do their thing. You know, everyone's going to benefit from that. If New Bedford can be the leader, which we are, and the hub for a lot of that activity, we are more than happy to do that and take on that role and take on that work. And we're eager to do that. I can easily see, by the way, that it, you know, years down the line, that there's you know that there's a similar thing happening in Fall River or you know maybe Taunton, right? Just a little bit further away. But we're happy to take the first steps and make all the mistakes for everybody else, as we've done in arts and culture and other things, so folks can learn from that and be more efficient. But it's 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 the partnership. It's the partnerships which are already regional, and good ideas come from anywhere. So we're we're you know everybody's welcome. Sort of wrapping up here, New Bedford SourceLink is like a fresh new startup. It's a startup helping other startups. What ch- particular challenges have you found just getting the word out, which is what maybe 99.9% of all entrepreneurs struggle with is getting the word out about their business. What are the particular challenges or wins that you've had launching New Bedford SourceLink? So I think in, in light of COVID, that's probably the most obvious challenge, you know, <laughs> with people not able to, to engage like they normally would. So we've been really leaning on social media. We actually did our kickoff with Big Ocean and developed a great video showcasing the founding partners and explaining what uh, New Bedford SourceLink is in, in that realm. But to your point, it, it's always the hardest part is, you know, when you are first building that snowball and you have to build some momentum. So we also lean into our, our resource partners to share the word through their networks and their communities and the people that they're touching and are um, meeting with them quarterly to, to strategize about what they believe is the best way to, to spread that word. And I think our strategy will continue to evolve, but right now it's primarily focused online through social media, the networks that we have, you know, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. But we also intend on using other other platforms like cable access. There's a show that we're planning on doing later on this year to reach other, people's in, other people in different ways. So I think that that strategy will continue to, to evolve and change as we learn more and, and talk with our partners. But a, a multi-layered approach, I think, would be the answer. Derek, Jessica, this has been a fantastic conversation. I love, obviously, what you all are doing. It's right in my wheelhouse, and I'm sure everyone else is going to uh, appreciate the resources being pulled together. And my God, one day when we can all try to remember what it's like to handshake it. I don't even know if that's going to be legal anymore, but whatever it is, <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll be in person and we'll be networking. Uh, and there'll be some in-person networks happening at newbedfordsourcelink.com. Where do you want folks to go to connect to the site? Do they just go to newbedfordsourcelink.com, register there? How else do you want them to engage with you? Online, social media, the, but yes, the website's the best place to get started, newbedfordsourcelink.com. And if you're a resource partner, someone that, you know, a nonprofit government entity, educational organization that serves entre- entrepreneurs, we're happy to have you to submit an application to become a resource partner as well. That's awesome stuff. Everybody else, southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Join the email newsletter. Subscribe to the podcast. Wait, wait. It's not subscribe to the podcast anymore. It's follow the podcast. Apple just changed their button. So every podcaster in the world now has to change to follow my podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Okay, we'll see you in the next episode.